Hey, what's up? If you're seeing this, if you're hearing this, you're tuned into the podcast replay. As always, it's my pleasure to have you. As always, a reminder, go check out Crypto underscore Caribbean on Instagram. That's Crypto Caribbean's official page. We love to have you. So, while people load in, hmm, pace is on tonight. What's up, Crypto Caribbean people? Cinti, what's up? Marvin, what's up? Josh, what's up? Guys, so let's get straight into it. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, depending on where in the world you are joining us from. I am Illuminati, and this is the Crypto and Cognac Podcast Show, as always, powered by Alti.com, the one-click crypto wallet for WhatsApp and Telegram, and fueled, as always, by Hennessy TT. Guys, this evening, I'm having myself some Hennessy VS, finishing off all my bottles in the past few weeks and heading over to the Naughty Grape tomorrow to get read up. So, what are we going to talk about tonight? We have a very, very special guest. The NFT market has been a hot topic and tonight we're going to talk to Mr. Joshua Alum about the behind the scenes of the crypto space guys as always a reminder nothing that we share here this evening should be misconstrued as being financial advice as always it's all about information sharing conversation having and education right the ice rule that's how we have our cognac that's how we have our show the ice rule as always yeah to touch base with us shout out to everybody leah what's up tay tay hey. hey what's going on now what's up josh how you doing buddy i'm good i'm good i'm All just right. out there breezing out on the porch let me know if there's any background noise and like that inside i mean i mean i'm hearing you pretty well so that should be cool i mean i'm hearing the nice. breeze. you're sounding like you're out by the beachfront <laughs> right to me back punch <laughs> <laughs> much better views than me i i can imagine so josh before we get started i know you told me you would have picked up something in duty free to enjoy with me so what are you drinking tonight uh yes of course so i picked up my bottle of fantasy uh, uh, you know <laughs> yep uh the one the one picked oh, it up man. special for this <laughs> Sorry, I got nice. <laughs> Nice man. Yep. So while you pour yourself a drink, let's just touch base with a few people in the chat. Naomi. Daughter. What's up? What's up, Naomi? What's up, Chris? So, Josh, now that you've wet your whistle, as the people say, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a bit about your journey into the crypto space. And then let's jump into it. Sure. Uh, so I've actually been kind of on the side of crypto. I've definitely had like friends for years telling me about crypto. I've definitely been like privy to uh, some events in crypto. For instance, Crypto Kitties. Uh, they actually right. launched. They actually launched that. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, this is Crypto Corgis. They actually launched that uh, Waterloo Hackathon um, that I would have been a part of. So I, I would have seen that all go down. But I was still kind of on the side, never really took, took the jump, took the leap into it right. uh, until earlier this year. Uh, so a little bit about myself, I'm a software developer. Uh, I've been studying computer science and data science at the University of Waterloo for the last five years. I actually just finished. Uh, right. Congratulations. And the, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so at the start of this year, I would have participated along with Mark Pereira and Jari and Paul. Uh, in the NFT East Global Hackathon, uh, right. where we would have worked on a project called Culture X. And so that was kind of like the first time I got my feet wet, actually, into like using these smart contracts and coding. Because uh, right. that's kind of what, what the interest to me is from my right. side uh, with my software developer background. Uh, so yeah, we, we worked on Culture X. Uh, we had like a working demo that we were able to present. Uh, it was a, a really great time. Uh, and since then, I, in speaking with Mark and Jarian, 
they kind of pushed me to get in more and more deeper into crypto. Uh, right. So, yeah, my first NFT was actually uh, NBA Top Shot. Uh, right. which would have launched earlier this year, I think around February. I'm sure like a lot of people would have heard about NBA Top Shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then kind of immediately after that, uh, I got a call from a, a past coworker of mine uh, who I would have worked with at Norway at, the, at a separate company on co-op. Um, right. Yeah. And he called me up. He told me about this opportunity. He told me about OpenSea. Um, like all of the amazing like work that they're doing, uh, yeah, and, and like the potential for growth as well, uh, and yeah, I, I didn't really look at any other full-time offers. Um, I didn't apply to other places. I just kind of jumped immediately onto this train, uh, and since then it's been like a crazy, crazy wild ride. Yeah, I mean that's that's a crazy story. I mean, I I know people in the world, you know. On, on in the software engineering space, the software developer space, who like working for OpenSea is their dream job, and here <laughs> you are. You, at the point in time, I'm guessing you hadn't even finished school yet. Yeah. And, and you get called up and and get offered this opportunity. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you, I was sweating before the interview because it, it meant a lot to me to to, uh, to be able to work at the other space. Right. Yeah. So, obviously, you would have come a long way from purchasing your first NFT, um, NBA Topshop, to working for the largest NFT marketplace in the world in, in a matter of months. So, you know, give us, give us a little bit of story about, you know, how that baptism has, has been. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely wild. Um, everything in the crypto space moves incredibly fast. And in the NFT space, it's, it's just the same, maybe even a little bit faster. Um, okay. So when I joined OpenSea, there were around 18 engineers, uh, oh, uh, 18 employees total and less than 10 engineers. Uh, and that would have been around like early May. Uh, since then, we're we're at almost like seventy something employees now. I think uh, I've kind of lost track, but uh, yeah, we we've doubled a few times, and we are still like uh, struggling to keep up with the pace at which this market is moving. Um, yeah, every every day there's a new project. Um, every every few weeks there's like a new protocol, uh, right. and things just move at an incredible pace. Right, and I mean a lot of people will know. Um, OpenSea for the, the, the NFT art or the NFT collectible space. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about your perspective on the use cases around NFT, both, both what exists now and what you see uh, coming in the, in the near future and maybe the distant future as well. Yeah. Uh so in terms of the use cases, we are still like in the early days. Um, there's definitely some solid use cases that are like spread around and like are creating value in this space right now. Uh, right. But there's so much more potential. Uh, NFTs are kind of like a building block that we could use on the blockchain to do like any amount of things. So kind of like the art that you see is one application. Uh, right. the, the gaming cards that you see, that's another application, but there's just like infinite possibility uh, that you could use these NFTs for. Um, maybe before maybe before I get into that, I could explain what an NFT is. Do uh, that. Let's 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 because I'm sure we will have a few you know new people on the podcast live or listening to the um, the replay. So break it down for us, for those who don't know. All right. So let me try to give a, a good explanation here. Uh, this is always a tough one. <laughs> well, start, um, start, start with what the acronym means. What does the acronym mean? Because people yeah, hear NFT, NFT, NFT. Yeah, so, so you hear NFT, that stands for non-fungible token. All right. Um, they have one tricky word in the middle there, and that's fungible. Um, so yeah, uh, the way I like to go about describing this is I have a 25 cent coin, you have a 25 cent coin, it doesn't matter if they get mixed up, they get mixed around. Like you have mine, I have yours. Nobody really cares, you know? Same value. Uh, same value. No difference. It's, it's fungible. 
That's kind of what fungible means. Yeah. So, so non-fungible now is to say like, uh, I have this, this uh, journal of mine and you have your journal. Uh, they don't just switch places. They cannot. They're, they're two different things. They mean something to you. The other one might not mean anything. Yeah, so yeah. it's like distinct uh, and like provably unique as well. Right. So if you have an NFT and it's a one-of-one, one, you could be sure like you have this NFT. Nobody else owns the original NFT. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what the, the non-fungible part is. Uh, the reason we're saying token, again, is because this is like a building block uh, that could be used for multiple different things. You might ask, like, why not say non-fungible JPEG? Why not say non-fungible <laughs> MP4? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's because the tokens themselves are kind of, uh, they kind of exist on their own. And then the actual assets or the media that's attached to it uh, is, is, yes, attached to it. It's like a, it's like a link to it uh, inside of the token itself, which is stored on the blockchain. Right. So it's, it's all a representation of data stored on the blockchain. Yes, exactly. exactly. So, and, and, and not to be confused with fungible tokens like your, your, your Bitcoin, which one Bitcoin is the same as another Bitcoin as the same as the, another Bitcoin or, you know, some of the other uh, tokens or coins. Correct, correct. Like Ethereum, Polygon, Matic. Uh, right. More, like all payment tokens basically would be fungible because it doesn't right. matter which one is which, you know. Good. So now, so now tell us a little bit more about detail. I mean, you talked about a little bit about, you know, the differentiation of the token, the fungible from the non-fungible and its interface with the blockchain, right? And I know that for those who don't know, there would be different, what they call it, like uh, protocols in terms of how um, that token would interface. So regular tokens tend to be either like an ERC or BP20, um, whereas NFTs tend to be like a ERC, a ERC721. So tell us a little bit about what that distinction. Correct, correct. Um, so ERC20s are kind of like uh, payment tokens, you know, fungible. Uh, they've been around for a while. Uh, ERC721s now are the NFTs, which are a little bit more specialized so that they can be easily distinguished from other tokens. Um, and it has that factor of like provable uniqueness as well. Uh, right. So we see an ERC721, and that's kind of just like uh, a name for a the standard. A standard, uh, okay. Yeah. So if you want to deploy your smart contract with your NFTs, you could follow this ERC721 standard. And then across the blockchain, if another project wants to utilize your token, um, if somebody wants to build upon what you've already built or incorporate it in some way in their new work, they could easily right. do that. Uh, because it's all it's all on the blockchain, all open, interoperable, and you're following this the same standard that that is kind of used widespread. Right. Okay. Okay. So so, give us give uh, us. I mean, you would have a a better understanding of the timelines that are associated with the development of NFTs and these standards and how these things have been adopted. So, you know, share share a little bit about that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for me, when I joined, uh, when I got into this space in like early May, um, I kind of felt like this stuff has been like around for a while, you know, like Bitcoin's been around for a bit. It's, it's like fairly mature, uh, Ethereum as well. Uh, but actually these NFTs are kind of like new on the scene in some ways, like in my opinion. Um, so uh, one way that my CEO, Devin, likes to describe it is VC. Uh, before crypto kitties uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh so bcc <laughs> before crypto kitties yep yep uh, have you heard of the the crypto kitties project yeah, yeah yeah i mean for sure okay okay yeah so go ahead tell, tell us a little bit more about you know the the journey of of bc crypto bbc bcc <laughs> and and acc <laughs> <laughs> yep. So before CryptoKitties, uh, there were definitely some like experiments. Um, of course, like this is this is from my research telling you I wasn't around in the space at this point in time, but it will give you like an idea of like where we're at now. Um, so there were there were experiments 
uh, on the Bitcoin network with colored tokens um, and trying to represent physical assets with these different colored tokens which are stored on metadata uh, right. on the blockchain. Um, and then around 2017, CryptoPunks would have launched uh, and they kind of, it's kind of, CryptoPunks now are kind of like the, the holy grail of NFTs. Um, they've kind of been around for the longest. Uh, they even informed the ERC721 standard. Um, yeah, and they're kind of like, you know, Visa has invested in them. Uh, they're kind of, I'd say they're around to stay, you know, like, uh, yeah. Uh, after that, there was CryptoKitties. So, so CryptoPunks launched like fairly uh, under the radar um, and they were available to be claimed for free. So right. those those CryptoPunks you can see on OpenSea right now for, for four parts of ETA Ethereum, <laughs> you could have just picked them up for gas uh, back in 2017. So uh, yeah, after after CryptoPunks, there's CryptoKitties, which is what I refer to as BC. Um, and the reason why I say that is because that was kind of like the first mainstream introduction into CryptoKitties, uh, into, into NFTs. NFTs. So yeah. Uh, so beforehand, they would have been like a, a cool tech, uh, maybe like an underground kind of kind of scene where, where people who are really interested would pick them up. Uh, right. But CryptoKitties really launched with like a consumer facing, like uh, very much for users. Uh, and it was a game. So right. yeah, uh, they also introduced some really cool like breeding mechanics that breeding, actually happens yeah. Yeah, on the blockchain as well, which is yeah. incredible. Um, Which we, and, and and I mean we've seen we've seen one of the biggest games, one of the biggest play to earn games in the crypto space. Axie Infinity has kind of adopted that model, and is doing uh, tremendous things with that whole you know breeding model with NFTs and that kind of thing. Axie Infinity is going crazy. <laughs> Axie <laughs> Infinity is is, is like uh, paving the way for play to earn games. I would say. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, we. Uh, 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 a, play to, a new play-to-earn game launched today, um, Cryo War. I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but Cryo War. Um, I mean, it it launched today and it it's going crazy already. So I think the play-to-earn space is gonna be a huge one um, for NFTs for crypto as a whole. I agree. I agree. It was like a big point uh, during NFT NYC as well. Uh, a lot of people are stressing on play-to-earn and are like getting into it because like. Uh, we're kind of seeing Axie Infinity doing it right now uh, and being very successful with it. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and, and if you're going to play a game, why not? Why not have yeah. some <laughs> tangible benefit? If you're going to play, might as well play turn. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So, yeah. so all right, so CryptoKitties launched. They kind of set the standard or started informing the standard of the whole customer interfacing of NFT projects, the whole um, driving, the whole collectible community around it, that was not organic as we would have seen with the CryptoPunks. So yes. what since then and, and what next? Yes. Uh, so since then, like after CryptoPunks, after CryptoKitties would have launched, uh, they actually like almost took down the Ethereum blockchain. Um, they clogged <laughs> the network. Clog the uh, network. <laughs> and, still, and still creating a headache of fees, but continue. Correct is right. Correct is right. Drove fees insane. Uh, had people waiting for their transactions to go through for days. Um, so after CryptoKitties would have launched, they, it you know would have spiked really high. Lots and lots of interest. Lots of people buying in to breed these kitties and to sell them over and that kind of thing. Um, and then after a while, you know, uh, it would come back down, kind of normalize out. Um, and then we saw like in 2018, um, a lot of layer twos would have started launching. So for instance, like Kitty Racing. So you have your Crypto Kitty, you can now race it. You could play a game with them. Uh, we have Kitty Hats. You have a Kitty, you get a hat, you put your hat in a Kitty. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what, um, that's kind of what these blockchains allow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but if, you, if you look kind of a little bit deeper underneath, uh, this cat is something that you purchased originally to, to play the original CryptoKitty game, to breed the kitties, to, to make new kitties, to do that thing. And then now, other projects are launching on top of it, like utilizing these same assets that you've already purchased, yeah. uh, the same ones that are like you 
have kind of built an attachment to, you know, you have your cat, you find your cat real cute. Um, yeah. You hold it onto your cat. So like now, uh, moving forward, other projects could launch and use those same assets uh, because we're working on the blockchain, because everything is open. Yeah. So a lot, a lot, a lot of, of new layer two games would have started coming out in 2018. Um, interest from VCs would have started amassing. Um, and in addition to that, like lots of, lots of new, uh, like in 2018 into 2019, it was kind of like, well, from my understanding, like heads down, uh, everybody's kind of working on their projects, uh, like seeing what's going to come out next. Uh, that would have been kind of like in the, uh, the period between the, the spike in cryptocurrencies in, in 2017, the spike in interest, yeah. uh, and then the, the other spike now. Um, and then last year, we would have had like DeFi summer. So kind of all eyes are on that. Um, with NFTs, in some cases, being like building blocks and tools being used inside there as well. Right. Yeah. So well, I mean, I... go ahead, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, so now we come to today. Um, and once again, like NFTs are all of the hype. Um, we have these, these avatar projects. Um, so, you know, like profile picture projects that people are using yeah, on Twitter yeah. would have I mean, absolutely taken off. Yep. I mean, 100%. When, we, when, when we talk about uh, communities like the Body Yacht Club, um, you know, I know we have some huge Body fans in here. We have, sure. you know, Steven, we have Steph. The Body fans are very, very well represented. But there are also a lot of new communities that are being built around um, these. You know, I know there is a project that I, you know, got wind of recently called Mad Meerkats. That one is supposed to be bubbling under the um, surface. They have a huge crew, uh, commit community in their Discord. And it's just kind of interesting how communities are built around these, um, around these NFT projects, you know? Um, like, what, what is the association? What drew people to apes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I understand, I understand that board apes have a lot of utility behind it. You know, their community is building huge things, events. Like for example, uh, in, in NFT NYC, their events were you know lines around the block. Yep, yep. I saw those lines. So people getting into their events, but like for me, it's kind of like okay. So what is the attraction? What makes you? interested in one rather than the other what gives one value more than the other so you know i think it's it's a huge area that i think is you know just getting started the growth is going to be incredible um i know there's one coming out of the caribbean shortly um called days ducks i mean the artwork is super dope i know the artist behind it he's a you know, an incredible artist. So I guess that's how you build the community. You ha you find an artist who already has a following, you find a community, and you kind of just build something around, you know, what the community wants. Yeah, yeah. And you listen to your community, uh, hear what people are saying, you know, be active. Uh, something I always look for in, in good NFT projects would be non-anonymous founders. Uh, right. Some people some people like to stay anonymous and, you know, like it's, it's a little bit, closer to the decentralized nature of things. But um, uh, if, you, if you look for a project with good founders uh, who are not anonymous, who are yeah. working every day to drive value into this community, um, that's kind of like a recipe for success, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and you asked about Board Ape Yacht Club and like what makes it so uh, like popular, that kind of thing. Um, if you look at a Board Ape right now and you see a price tag of 35 Ethereum, you know, it's kind of hard to, to justify that one with the banks, with the wallets, you know. Uh, but listen, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to cry about it. But I mean, one of the worst decisions I've made in my crypto experience is not buying a board ape in the very, very early stages. My good friend yeah. who I trust came to me and he said, yo, Al, board ape community is amazing. But at the point in time, I'm looking at it, I'm like, ah, $1,000. Uh, there were some yeah. other pre-sales pre that I found to be, you know, really exciting, which, which were profitable. I can't cry about that. But, you know, it, it was a body profitable. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but I mean, to kind of to kind of add to your point, I was watching an interview recently with the guys from Axie Infinity, and you know they were kind of building through that whole 2018, 2019, 2020 period when NFTs weren't really getting any kind of uh, airtime, you know, and and it seems to people who are on the outside that this Axie Infinity game just kind of popped up this year and has yep. all this success, you know, with people in like the Philippines earning a full salary just from playing this game and that kind of thing, living off of playing this game. But I mean, like you said, these guys had been building for three years, diligently and consistently head down, preparing, you know, to deliver a great value product to the market. And I mean, you can't, you can't begrudge them their success now. 100%. Um, I think I read that Axie Infinity actually started off as like a text-based um, game. And, and look how far it's come. Um, I was reading about uh, some of the opportunities that it's providing to people in the Philippines, actually, as you mentioned. Um, and there's actually like new kind of, uh, it's enabling things that would not previously be possible. For instance, like being able to rent one of these axes from somebody else. Yeah. Uh, there's scholarships, there's mortgages, there's all sorts of ways that you could actually get into this game because the creators are also like aware that uh, yeah. as actually continues price. Sorry? Yeah. There's a whole ecosystem. There's a whole ecosystem that they are carefully managing um, and they're creating tools for people who are maybe not they not wheels, you know, they don't have all the initial capital to start off. They're making ways for them to actually be able to play the game and earn money. Um, yeah. I think that's like a really positive, a really positive thing. That's actually pretty dope. So as we continue the story of NFTs, right? So we, we've kind of, we've gone from, you know, BCC, the, the foundation <laughs> with, with the crypto punks that nobody really had a clue we turn into this multi-million dollar thing. Then we had the crypto kitties that kind of was the first to like actually bring a project to the and a product to the market and say, hey, this is something that you can look at for future value kind of thing. We're moving towards the Axie Infinities and the play to earn space and that kind of thing. And all these avatar projects with, that are building, you know, around community. What next? What do you see as being the next trend? If you were to give the Crypto and Cognac followers a little glimpse into what is the next thing that they should be looking out for or looking at more, what would you say that thing is? Uh, I think that there are so many things uh, that could potentially come up as the, as the next big thing. There's so many use cases that NFTs are kind of like titling on, uh, like close to um, like starting to be implemented in these spaces. Uh, initial explorations, kind of. Um, a big thing would be music. Uh, right. For instance, yeah, for instance, there's a, a artist, I wouldn't call names, but um, he is currently, like, he's a big investor in OpenSea as well, uh, and he's, he's currently trying to sell NFTs that represent 50% royalties in one of his songs. So instead of going to, like, a record label, and, right. and getting that initial investment to, to actually like uh, do whatever production needs to be done and to release this, this song. Instead, he's going to fund it through an NFT drop. Uh, right. And then 50% of all royalties in the future will go to the NFT holders. Uh, right. so, so things like that that will give you fractional ownership of real-world assets, I think right. might be very big. Uh, yeah. In addition to that, DAOs. DAOs are becoming more and more right. reality. Yeah. yeah. So de decentralized <laughs> uh, autonomous organization. Yep, correct. Um I think those those will definitely pick up. We just saw ENS become a DAO and it drop all the ENS tokens to ENS Crazy. holders. Yep. Tens of thousands yep. of dollars with in airdrops. Yep, yep. Uh, and in addition to that tens of thousands of dollars, the ability for, for owners of these tokens to vote on uh different like decisions within the DAO. Um yeah, and it's, it's a powerful organization uh, with like a, a very large treasury. And, and by owning these DNS tokens, you can now have a say in like the future of this organization as well. 
yeah, which I think is a really powerful thing. I'm moving and, on to my ENS. <laughs> and, 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 and in addition to that, the, the, the NFT that they offer is um, you, you, um, domains, yes? Yes, yes. Uh, so, so, so ENS, yeah, it's an example of a, a utility token um, that actually, I would say it's like one of the most, most useful NFTs that I've encountered. Um, and it's definitely, definitely like caught my eye when I first saw them and thought that they were like uh, an impressive project. Um, so so the, the value that you get from owning an ENS name is instead of having to type in your address, you know, 0x, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Um, instead, you could use your ENS name and it will then like resolve to your actual address. Um, and there's lots of sites that integrate this already. Um, yeah, Metamask, I mean, Desert, OpenSea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, let me shout out my, my sponsors, Alti Wallet. Alti Wallet does it all as well. So, guys, if you want to send me any crypto, I'm Illuminati at Alti. You just type that in instead of typing out my full address and you could, you know, send me some crypto if you want to tip your boy. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> but, but also, I mean, as we're talking ENS and, you know, Alti and these kind of projects, what about, um, like ultimate domains where you can actually buy a, a, a website domain as an NFT. Yeah, uh, unstoppable domains, yeah. Unstoppable um, domains, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're another project very similar to, to ENS. Um, and yeah, they have, they have some, some extra support to be able to like open this up as like actual uh, address. I think you have to have like specific browsers as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're a very interesting project. Um, they're different from ENS in that you, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to pay every year to, um, right. to like yeah. renew your address. You just like it's a one-time one purchase. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see like a different model like that. Um, to me, to me, the ENS model seems like it, it makes a little bit more sense, uh, in that you, you actually have to like contribute to the ecosystem every year instead of just yeah. purchasing it and then holding it on its own server. But uh, yeah, like we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but you know, you're kind of out to yourself because you talked about <laughs> having an ENS address. You talked about <laughs> the airdrop. So right now you're telling people that you, you benefited from, you know, a couple, a couple free bags jumping up. I have. I have, and this is this is actually kind of my first free bags. Um, I really? as much as as much as I'm in the NFT space, I I'm not a very <laughs> successful NFT trader, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, I kind of got my first free bags. I also uh, I bought a bunch of ENS names. Uh, whenever I I try to get my friends into crypto, uh, I like to start them off by having them sign up for a MetaMask account, you know, make it an OpenSea account, and I'll send them like their first NFT as well um so a few people I, i've actually like sent these ens names to and i am so glad like uh, and they are so glad as well <laughs> listen that they must feel so special i mean honestly i mean for those of you who are in uh the crypto and cognac podcast telegram group like that's one of the big things i think that you know giving people a little skin in the game is a great way to get them to, you know, just pay a little bit more attention to this crazy crypto space. So, you know, that's why we do tons of giveaways across there. Because, yeah. you know, even if it even if it's, you know, two dollars, two algo, you know, a couple USDT, we know that, you know, when people see that that crypto hit their wallet and they know that it's theirs, you know, all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more real than this crazy right. internet magic money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because this, this magic money, you, you wouldn't really understand it until you get your feet wet, I would say. <laughs> so you, you said that you're not the best NFT trader. But if you had to give some advice to someone who is interested in, you know, becoming more involved in the crypto space, in the NFT space, and, you know, trading NFTs to obtain value, what, what kind of advice would you give to them? Yeah, uh, I'd say if you're now starting off, um, of course, I'll, I'll say visit OpenSea.io, you know, head over. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are lots of different places. OpenSea is one of them, a good one. <laughs> um, you could have a, head over to our blog. Before you get too, um, too excited looking at all the Ethereum prices and uh, looking at all of these charts and stuff, 
head over to the blog, you know, um, read some of those articles, learn some yeah. stuff. Um, you pick up something inside the blog, Google search it, like learn, learn about it more. Um, definitely do your research. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like hype uh, and it's easy to get caught up in it and to just think like, you know, I'm just going to dive in. I'm just going to like uh, spend my, spend my Ethereum on these things. But definitely I would say do your research first, like figure out who's actually running these projects, see if there's a roadmap, see like what the plans are moving forward. Um, definitely do your research. You have to, you have to be safe before you get excited. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because one of the things that I actually um, really liked, really liked about um, the Mad Meerkat project is the fact that they have not only a, a roadmap, but they actually have a white paper for their project. And, and they mm. kind of outline what they're planning to do in terms of community building, what, how they plan to give back to the community using the NFTs and that kind of thing. So, because previously, I think a lot of NFT projects kind of dropped based on popularity and they kind of just figured it out. Yep. So, you know, yep. I think we've seen a change where NFT projects are actually um, having roadmaps, having white papers, that kind of thing. But what we, I mean, one of the things that I love about OpenSea is that they have that validation um, protocol where they verify projects so that people know that they're buying from the real project. So somebody might see a, a, a board ape up for sale at a steal of a deal yep. you know, for, for two eat instead of 200. <laughs> and men copping that immediately. <laughs> and, and, and they, and they want to cop it immediately. But Tell me about, you know, how they could check to make sure that this was one that was minted from the original project and how OpenSea puts things in place to ensure that. Yeah, uh, that's actually like a lot of our work right now. And for like the past two months, it's kind of been one of our main focus is trust and safety. Um, right. So, yes, uh, as, a, as a marketplace that's trying to be as decentralized as possible, we're kind of on the edge between like the centralized world and the decentralized world. Um, right. All of our contracts are decentralized, and we work with NFTs. You know, on the blockchain, it's decentralized as well. But we are like a bit of a centralized organization, and we are trying to protect our users from coming on, seeing that body, and purchasing it immediately. Um, so we have things in place like those verification icons. Uh, there's a host of, of features that we've added just in the last two months, and, and like many more from before. Uh, for instance, like right now, we're working on having projects connected Twitter uh, through yeah. through OAuth, so that you could be sure that this Twitter account is related to this NFT project. Um, in addition to that, uh, we also have like a lot. Of, there's a lot of like scam vectors that are possible because of this like the decentralized nature of all of these things um, that we try to to, to kind of clamp down on. Um, and we also are like actively watching for reports on items and collections uh, and we have to we also like have to comply with like dmca notices and that kind of thing uh, so that's kind of another way that we're we are more centralized and decentralized but we do try to stick with the decentralized nature as much as possible um, we also we also curate uh, on our homepage, so we we kind of show like top projects if you are, are looking at any of those you know you could be sure you're purchasing like uh, the real thing uh, we have a safe list as well. So we have a bunch of community managers who are working really hard to like differentiate what's a real project from what is a fake project. Um, like what, if you buy this, are you going to end up with nothing, you know, in the next, in the next month, you know, we try to <laughs> safe list projects as quickly as possible. We also have like, uh, for collections that are not yet safe listed, we have like a review collection step where, uh, we kind of display as much information as possible that we can pull from this project uh, right. to the user and ask them to verify this. You know, there's a checkbox to say, like, I verify this information um, just to try to keep people safe uh, in, this, in this space since it's, it's not, it's a shift, you know, from, uh, yeah. from the, the regular, like, Web2 uh, yeah, kind of thing where you're safe. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on this spot here, right? Uh -huh. Because we haven't, we hadn't spoken about this, but as you brought up your front page listings, I have to ask you because this was a, a, a key point 
a couple months ago where there was an OpenSea executive who was using his insider information about which projects were going to be listed on the front page and buying up these projects beforehand and then selling them back on the back end. What I would say is that I really appreciate how quickly OpenSea dealt with that particular issue. And I don't know if that has informed the way that you guys are forced to operate as employees. So are you able to even speak to that a little bit? Uh, I'm, I'm not able to speak about the actual incident, but I, right. I will tell you, it definitely has informed a lot of policies. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, when I joined, there was probably less than 20 people back in May. Um, so it's like a completely different scenario, uh, like a completely different... Uh, yeah, that was 10 kinda... years ago, in real time. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it felt like 10 years ago. So, you know, we grew at like an incredible pace. And like our policies, uh, it didn't, I guess it, it hadn't caught, caught up. You know, we, we try to move very quickly and uh, we, we didn't have those policies in place before, but we do now, thankfully. Um, so as an OpenSea employee, we are restricted from purchasing like any uh, items that are featured, anything on the Twitter, uh, anything like that, just to try to avoid uh, any situation that we could get ourselves into along those lines. Right. So you have to be even more careful about, you know, how you accumulate stuff. Um, so it, it's probably a good thing that you would have, um, well, I mean, I don't know if this is even in OpenSea, but for example, the ENS um, mm -hmm. names that you would have bought, it would have been a good thing that you would have accumulated them, you know, months ago or whatever is the case, because that may have been an, an issue. No? Uh, it well, well, ENS is, you know, its own organization on its right. own, and, and we yeah. had nothing to do with that token drop. But say, say it was featured on the homepage, I would not be buying them. Uh, that would be against <laughs> the, the company's policies. <laughs> okay, good stuff, yeah. good stuff. <laughs> so we started talking a little bit about the DAOs and how uh, NFTs are playing a part in that. But tell me a little bit about any of the other spaces in the crypto in the crypto ecosystem where NFTs might have a, a, a shot, like, you know, DeFi and, you know, any of the other um, narratives that we hear. How do you see NFTs playing a part in, you know, these spaces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Metaverse is one space that's, like, very, very interesting. How, how, yeah. how are we 43 minutes in and we are now mentioning Metaverse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Metaverse is a whole world on its own. I don't know if we have enough time to get all the way into oh, it, but <laughs> that's a whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, but but the thing that NFTs really unlock is like true digital ownership of the asset. Uh, so instead of instead of you going to say Facebook and saying like, hey, do I own this, or or going to wherever else and saying, hey, do I own this, and they say yes, um, it's not like that at all. It's it's that you actually own this NFT in your wallet. You have like the only keys that could be used to actually uh, interact with this NFTs in some ways. Um, yeah. And you, you know, you own this thing. Um, you don't have to rely on somebody else telling you you own it. You don't have to only view it through this one web view that this uh, big tech company provides to you. Uh, this is like a, a existing thing on the blockchain that's not going to go away because some other company goes away. Uh, you, you really own it. Um, and, you gonna say something like that? <laughs> I, I mean, yes, because you know exactly what you just described is one of the reasons why I have a lot of questions in terms of how I how Meta is going to interact with the metaverse. Correct. Because Facebook Meta are used to operating in a very um centralized we have all the controls type of environment. Yeah, trying to get as much so, control as possible type of... Correct. Yeah. So, 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 so I have serious questions about their integrations into the metaverse and their willingness to, to relinquish control back to, you know, the participants. Yeah. Uh, I, I have those same questions as well. Um, like, I think in a in a best case scenario, you know, Facebook will have their chain uh, and it will be like interoperable in some ways with other blockchains. 
I, I don't really see Facebook like opening up and, and using a different chain. Like I feel like they would have their own chain and have everything kind of in-house as well uh, and kind of decentralized too. Uh, but uh, it's good to see somebody like Facebook, a big player, come into this space. You know, the more, the more people that we have in these spaces, the more people who are going to be adopting. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what we want, get more people into crypto, get more yeah. people into NFTs. Um, so I'm happy for that aspect. Um, but yes, I, I do share the concerns that Facebook will try to lock it up tight and uh, have it kind of be like their their thing. So, so we've had a few things happen in the in the last few weeks, right? We've had, and then we're gonna take some questions because Stephen has a very important question there. <laughs> but we've seen we've seen a few things happen in the last few weeks. We've seen Facebook rebrand to Meta. And kind of talk about how they're gonna launch into the metaverse, and then we saw Apple CEO Tom Cook say that he owns crypto personally, and he believes it will be around for a long time. And many people are speculating that because of that, it's just a matter of time before Apple coming comes into the space. I know that a lot of people have found information that Apple owns a lot of crypto. Um, trademarks and, and, and patents. So, so who do you think is the next big name tech organization or otherwise to get involved in the crypto space either via NFTs or traditional fungible tokens? Or even mm -hmm. as, as, as an investment, please. Yeah. Uh, that is a good question. Um, uh, I would say like Visa and MasterCard, uh, they're kind of like showing support for crypto. Um, yeah. And that's very exciting for me. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure who will be next and who will be the, who will be like the, the biggest. Uh, but it's, it's definitely exciting to see like some of these companies showing interest. Uh, I actually was not aware that, uh, that Apple uh, has been shown to like have interest in crypto. Well, Tom Cook says in his personal portfolio, he owns, he owns crypto, right? Um, and he says crypto is around for it's here to see, right? But I've heard that Apple as a company owns quite a few blockchain patents. Wow. So well. I guess I guess I guess I guess we will see it all come to light. Um, yeah. questions, that questions. Go go ahead before before I ask you the question. I was gonna say, well, that's that's what we like to see. I see uh, Steven inside of asking about <laughs> Google. Uh, there's nothing I would love more. Uh, the more like big institutions I can pick this up, uh, the yeah. more this like adoption is gonna drive. Uh, and OpenSea as a company benefits from all of this, like uh, us as users as well. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. using these blockchain services. Yeah, well, you know what I say all the time. You know, adoption is inevitable. But Steven is talking about Google. But Stephen Hadid Jr. is asking when OpenSea token. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, so, so I can't I can't share any specifics, but I I will say that if we ever are to offer an OpenSea token, it will not be just around like raising funds. Uh, it will there will actually have to be like a purpose that this token is serving, uh, whether that's governance or like some other. Some other value add. Uh, we're not we're not out there just trying to ICO, drop a token, and and just cop a, a huge free bag, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're trying to provide value. So so when the need arises for a token, uh, and when we think we could provide like significant value with a token, uh, that's that's when token. Okay. All right. All right. That's that's okay. a fair answer. That's a fair answer. I feel like your boss, your boss, they're clapping in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, big up, Mr. Dr. Brett Johnson. Um, let me see. I'm just trying to touch to see if there are any questions. I've seen a lot of comments, but not really um, questions. So tell us, sh 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 we have about 11 minutes left. Share about NFT-specific, OpenSea-specific, crypto-specific. Have a conversation with the people in the chat who have been kind of buzzing 
around the crypto space but have not yet taken the plunge because we know you know yourself and myself having been around people who've been you know kind of at us for a while and it took us a while to kind of make that step so what would you say to somebody who is you know on the fringes kind of trying to decide if they should take a deeper look at this cryptocurrency space yeah uh i would say uh if you're an artist like now is definitely time to take another look uh so as an artist the the potential that nfts unlock for you is kind of like the most in my opinion at least like the most proven i would say um so for instance like the average artist if they were to make a a piece and they sell that piece that's kind of like the end of the end of it there for them uh like picasso all those works that we kind of have now in these in these like museums and whatever and selling for over millions of dollars. I don't know if Picasso ever sold something for a million dollars. <laughs> or if, <laughs> or if any of that ever came back to him, if you know what I mean. Um yeah. but or his family. Through, or his family or or like any anyone, you know. Um it kind of just disappears. The value is created uh and it's passed on, but it, none of it ever like returns to the original creator. One of the things that NFTs unlocks is royalties on secondary sales. So uh as an artist you could create a digital piece you could create a physical piece as well and scan it and have a digital counterpart um yeah. and when you sell that you could actually set because it's it's all code and it's all on the blockchain it's all like readable uh you could actually set like say a 10% royalty is going to be sent back to me on every secondary sale so from that you could actually benefit from later on when your work becomes more popular uh yeah. you could actually see like the rewards of your work later on down the line. Um I think that alone is like incredibly powerful. Uh, yeah. and in addition to that, uh you can also see like where your piece of art has traveled as well through like the provenance right. of your of your piece on the blockchain. Yeah. yeah, because it's all it's all open. So you sell your piece of art, it's not like I'm never going to see this thing again, don't know where it is. You could actually like find who is the owner, who is the owner before that owner, how much it sold for, all of that information. uh is like freely available to you whereas right. uh in the in the real world it's it's just not uh it's not quite possible so someone is asking uh nfts for podcasting replacing or challenging spaces like patreon what do you think yeah. about yeah yeah uh i think there's lots of potential uh anywhere that there's a community and there's somebody who is creating value a community that's working together to create that value uh they could benefit from nfts um nfts are all about like uh, or like one of the use cases is monetizing uh that value that you could create within a community um and that's that's like a hard thing to do but it is something that nfts actually like make possible um yeah and and that's why i think we're going to arrive at a place in the world where every company whether they're a tech company or not tokenizes the relationship between themselves and their customers and 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 the community of customers that they have it may not become um you know a token that it, that has a value outside of maybe a closed blockchain or or something like that but i think a lot of the um royalty points loyalty points and stuff like that like massy points and caribbean airline points i think all yeah. those things kind of are going to transition into a blockchain specific format at some point yeah yeah and uh we're kind of seeing some of these things happening with like dows uh yeah. since since one of the projects that i i uh, have gotten into is called like entities multipass uh, or something similar to that um and essentially you purchase this nft and then uh once you have this nft you are now a member of the dow uh and all of the funds from the sales of these nfts or, or some portion of it is there like stored in the treasury of this dow uh and the dow then funds other nft projects to launch like under this kind of like shared uh umbrella. brand yeah umbrella um and then from that you also have access to like a presale uh it, it basically provides lots of value and like builds this ecosystem and the, you know there's the funds from the initial nft sales and all of that or a lot of that is being pumped directly back into the community just to build even more and more um 
yeah, it's a it's a powerful idea, and it it could be cool to see like more organizations like picking up these kinds of structures as well. Yeah, I mean, because I think I think what crypto does is kind of democratize the world and a lot of the processes that we've grown kind of accustomed to seeing. You know, one person at the top calling all the shots. I think we're gonna see a lot broader application of um, shared responsibility and shared control and shared autonomy. Um, I know there are a lot of, you know, projects working around, you know, things like voting, things like um, identity, um, all of these, you know, NFT related projects. So I definitely think we are just, you know, we, we're not even at the tip of the iceberg yet. Yeah, you know, well, surface. <laughs> we, if, if, if crypto adoption is where internet adoption was in 1998, I feel like NFT adoption might be where it was in like 1992. So Even earlier. <laughs> I think we still have a long way to go. Josh, we've been here for almost an hour. I'm going to give you an opportunity now to, you know, shout out anybody you want to shout out, shout out your projects, plug your project. One of the things we didn't really get a chance to talk about is the fact that you are one of the co-founders of Sell Your Stuff TT. When is Sell Your Stuff TT going to have some NFT integration that is going to authenticate the, product, the products that you guys sell? When are you guys going to jump that way? I see Jarian in the chat somewhere there. So. <laughs> yeah, we're still, we're still in the earlies. Um, we're still working on physical products right now. Uh, eventually, we will definitely like get onto this. Um, eventually, you'll be able to pay with cryptocurrencies on our site as well. Um, you, we're we're definitely still like figuring out what we're doing though, uh, and we're still in the early stages. We're not there to offer NFTs as yet. And actually, there's a clause in my contract that says I cannot sell NFTs inside and stuff. But um, yeah, we can we can definitely accept payments. <laughs> That's coming soon. So, so you're all accepting payments in bonnets. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, eventually it coming, it coming. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, let me um, let me big up Jarian uh, in the in the chat there. Uh, that's my co-founder. I've been working with him for many years now. Uh, working on working on selling stuff. Uh, trying to make it possible to sell, for people to sell anything online in China and Tobago. Trying to make that as easy as possible for people as well. Um, yeah. Uh, also big up Mark Pereira, uh, who is kind of like crucial in, in getting me into this space, you know, pushing me on uh, yeah. Culture X, working with me as well. Um, kind of, I, I don't know that I would be like as deep into this space as I am right now without him and Jarian. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess I'm going to give people a little insight. So next week, Mark is going to be on with me. Um, Very nice. We're going to have a, we're going to have a special surprise. Um, okay. When okay. Mark comes on next week as well. So, we got a sneak preview of this, the surprise, or? Big up Wham. Wham to you, dog. Yeah. Wham wallet. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, big up Wham. Um, big up everybody in the crypto space. Stephen Hadid, the creator, the creator labs crew team. Huge things. I mean, one of the things that I really, really am excited about is to see how the regional crypto community is really flying the flag for us out there. You know, people like Stephen, people like Mark, whether it's people like yourself, whether it's at, you know, NYC, NFT NYC, whether it's at LizCon, we have people like Anya Yongchi doing her yeah. thing. We have people like Chantel Lane doing her thing. We have Basie, who was on a radio program earlier tonight in Jamaica, you know, pushing forward the regional tech space. Big up to Ingrid Riley. Ingrid has a conference coming up in December for the space as well. So, you know, it, I'm really, really just excited to see everybody who's, you know, building in this space and enabling in this space, Jarian, you know, who I use in my Telegram group as a tremendous re resource for onboarding and offboarding people. Ariane, Jarian, oh gosh, oh gosh, I, I said it was a secret. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, everybody in this space, you know, doing amazing things. And this, and, yeah. you know, Anya said something in, I think it was in the Wildflower chat that, you know, was really real to me that 
I've I've worked I've been working since I was you know 13 I've been working in the traditional corporate environment since I was 18 but the crypto space has been the most collaborative environment that I've ever worked in and it's insane that you can have this level of autonomy but still be able to really work as a team with other people yeah. in this space you know yeah. so with, with that said i want to thank you for coming on i want to thank you for sharing um i definitely need to have you back on we definitely have much for more sure. to talk about i for know sure, the NFT sure. space is gonna change tremendously uh -huh. by the next three months next so three months have, we have a whole new talk <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have tons more to talk about thank you very much yeah. joshua to everybody in the chat thank you for joining me for another crypto and cognac podcast as always hit the link in my bio uh to join the telegram group that's where we share tons of opportunities tons of free bags we love to give away stuff over there um follow crypto underscore caribbean the largest crypto community in the region we are 18,000 strong heading to 20 and you could take us to 20 big up alti that come always supporting me always enabling me to give away free bags in my community big up hennessy tt for always keeping me hydrated <laughs> josh thank you for picking up your hennessy on your way through guys right. as i always say adoption is inevitable i look forward to seeing you guys there josh thank you again for coming on man all right Bless. thanks for having me out everyone have a blessed evening all right